Uh, if I speak, I prefer really not to. I prefer not to, to answer to the question. If I speak, I mean I in big talk. I would like to say uh, because if I, I speak about say. it, uh, I prefer not to speak. I don't want to speak. If I, I speak, not to comment because it's not. No, uh, I don't want to speak. I don't speak with you. I have nothing, so nothing to say. I prefer not to speak. Really, I don't I prefer speak. not to speak. I prefer not to comment because I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry. I have nothing to say. Hello, hello. I greet you all in the name of football. My name is Charlie, and this is the I Prefer Not to Speak Football podcast. We've got a really awesome show lined up for you today. As I predicted, the football transfer rumor mill is heating up, so we're gonna get into the latest news surrounding Mbappe, Kane, Ronaldo, and some other big names. I honestly don't know how this window will end because so many big names are involved, but clubs have been reluctant to spend during this transfer window. After that, we'll get into our Fantasy Premier League bag and look into the past week's individual performances. We'll get into some recommendations and those to keep an eye on. I won't really be reviewing the Carabao Cup because it's still early and there's no upsets to talk about. What you guys gotta understand is this round of the Carabao Cup is for like teams which placed below 6th, teams which aren't involved in European competition. Well, at least now there's the European Conference, but before that, it was like below 6th. I don't know if it changed or anything, but pretty much this round, that's why there are no big teams being involved this week, in case you're wondering. After the FPL stuff, we're going to get into this week's Premier League games and make previews. Just a reminder, this week will be the last set of fixtures before the international break, so there's no games next weekend. Speaking of the international break, I think the decision taken by Premier League clubs to block players from international duty is disappointing. I mean players from the red zones. Those are countries which are badly hit by the current global pandemic. Now I understand there's safety and health concerns but the EPL have got it wrong this time round. I personally feel strongly about profiling and as an African I feel like this targets EPL players of African and South American descent. Honestly, yes, those are pandemic red zones. But also it's the South American and African players who usually take the longest getting back from international duty. For me, I feel like the Premier League clubs are looking out for themselves more than the players. Most players are only footballers so they can represent their country in international performance and this seriously hinders the chances of their international teams. I read a story this morning that Cavani is not happy with Manchester United and the Premier League and I'm sure most African and South American players are in a very discriminatory position that, that they've taken up and I'm surprised honestly. I don't know, maybe I'm tripping, y'all let me know, maybe I'm just tripping but I'm not very cool with that. I mean it's pretty simple, take the time reintegrating their players back into the teams. We've been dealing with this pandemic for over a year and already teams should be used to this but now it's a big issue, 10 day isolation, reintegrating players, I don't see why that should be a big deal. As long as their teams are taking protocols wherever they're going, then I don't see the big deal. Boris Johnson allowed 90,000 people into Wembley Stadium. You want to tell me that just two months later, players aren't allowed to go and play for their countries because of this pandemic which apparently didn't matter when England needed a home ground advantage? 
Mm, I'm not cool with that. I'm not cool with that at all. Now let's get into this transfer roundup. I'm just here to cover the latest transfer rumors on lead up to deadline day. There's no other place to start than in Paris with Mbappe. The rumor mill suggests that he could be involved in what could be the biggest 11th hour frenzy of any transfer window. On Tuesday it was reported that Real Madrid had made a 137 million pound bid for Kylian Mbappe which was rejected by the Parisians. On Wednesday PSG Sporting Director Leonardo confirmed that the 22 year old forward had requested to leave the club as he enters the final year of his contract with the French Giants. If that wasn't enough, the trades also sensationally claimed that if Real Madrid are to succeed in their attempts to sign Mbappe, PSG would turn to Cristiano Ronaldo as a replacement. This means PSG could potentially end the transfer window with a front three of Ronaldo, Messi and Neymar. It is reported that Juventus would not stand in the way of Ronaldo's departure and he can be bought out for as little as 25 million pounds. <clears throat> this is absolutely mind-blowing. If Paris pulled this off, they'll have assembled the most lethal forward line ever, consisting of arguably the three best players in the last decade. Personally, I feel like it's a no-brainer for Paris to take them Mbappe money and revamp their lineup with Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes, he is getting old, as is Messi but they can still perform at the highest level. So PSG will not only have a solid team that will compete in the Champions League, but it will only boost their ever-growing brand. Commercially, if PSG get Ronaldo, they'd easily become one of the three biggest football clubs in the world. In Europe and in Africa, we still hold on to the traditional football giants, but it is my belief that in America, PSG is the biggest soccer club. Much of this has been helped by the Jordan shirt sponsor deal. Having already established itself as the biggest shoe brand in America, Jordan's partnership with PSG has ingrained the club to Americans. My theory was confirmed when I heard NBA superstar Jimmy Butler say that PSG was his favorite soccer team and named Mbappe as his favorite soccer player. The commercial influence the Jordan brand has had for PSG in America is huge and I strongly believe that their signing of Ronaldo would just put it through the roof. I'm looking forward to seeing how this Mbappe saga plays out and I'm here for it. Other alternatives reported to replace Mbappe are Richarlison who for me has started this season in outstanding form. Further reports claim PSG would be willing to let Mbappe join Real for £188 million. Sounds like a fair deal to me. Apparently they gotta give Monaco 35 million as part of the deal. No matter what, Monaco gets 35 mil out of any sale of Mbappe. So that would mean PSG pocket a good 153 mil there. Not bad. So I strongly suggest they take the money, give 25 mil to Juventus for Ronaldo and let's play. Now let's get into Manchester City striker search. On Wednesday, Harry Kane confirmed that he will remain at Spurs this season. This means that City won't be getting their man and are now in a last minute scramble for a strike. Now get this, reports suggest that they are interested in signing former Manchester United talisman Cristiano Ronaldo. I laughed when I first saw these rumors. Ronaldo playing in the Premier League for Manchester City? <laughs> That's unthinkable. But the City interest appears to be legit. In a way, this may be connected to the Mbappe saga. Maybe Ronaldo's only options are either join Manchester City or join Messi at PSG, which I believe is his first option, but it's only dependent on Mbappe being sold to Real Madrid. Like I said, things are getting very exciting leading up to deadline day. 
it starts and ends in paris with mbappe i'm looking forward to reviewing how it all unfolds it's been a very reserved window from most clubs so i'm hoping for a little stardust at the end of a very dull window deadline day don't disappoint me all right that's all i had for transfers now let's get into our fantasy premier league bag first up I'm starting with goalkeepers and defenders. We'll group them together because they all score the same points through clean sheets. First up, Leicester defense was horrible, but Schmeichel is still a good pick. He's a good penalty kick saver and he'll still get clean sheets against lesser sides. So Yonku looks exposed in the absence of Sofian Fufa, who was out through a long-term injury. So if you have Soyonku in your squad, I suggest you dump him immediately. Defenders from other teams you should avoid uh, Watford, Norwich, Burnley, Leeds, Wolves, and Southampton. I'll throw Crystal Palace in there as well. Defenses which are pretty good but are accustomed to slip-ups. Manchester United, West Ham, and Everton. All these defenders are affordable but are inclined to slip-ups. Defenses that I trust to get clean sheets usually most of the time are Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Only problem with these guys, they're a bit pricey, but I guess they're proving their value. Why their price is so high? The Brentford defenders and goalkeepers are a good investment as they are currently looking solid defensively and are adding value to their initial prices. The names of informed defenders are Marcus Alonso, Reese James, or Marcus Alonso and Reese James, who are also part of that solid Chelsea unit. Names of informed defenders I would recommend are Marcus Alonso and Reese James, who had a great derby performance, Trent Alexander Arnold, and Chimiskas for Liverpool. They are all full backs that have registered assists or goals and clean sheets. Remember what I said last week. Fullbacks score more than centre-backs most of the time because centre-backs don't really get set-piece goals every week like Shane Duffy did last week. But if they're getting clean sheets, then yeah, you can rely on that. But you might as well get a fullback because they have a higher chance of getting goals and assists. Oh, I almost forgot Cresswell. He's also a great fullback I would recommend. Cresswell for West Ham, he's in great form right now. Pinnock for Brentford, he's been great. Shane Duffy, he scored a goal and registered a clean sheet, so he got big points last week. But like I'm saying, you can't really rely on centre-backs to do that every week. It's better you get full-backs. Chalaboy and Mings are in good form, and their values might go up if their form continues this weekend. Tanganga and the whole Spurs backline are very affordable and solid right now. They are in form. Two clean sheets back-to-back. But what I would caution you against is selecting defenders and goalkeepers from the same team. If you get a clean sheet, they all score good. But if the team concedes, concedes just one goal, they score low. It's a double or nothing gamble. Goalkeepers who are in form. Firstly, Guita, who I recommended last week. He scored 9 points. He was superb. It's just that I don't trust that Crystal Palace backline. They will concede. Lloris for Spurs, who I also recommended, notched up another clean sheet, along with Martinez. Allison and Mendy are in good form, but like I said last week, they're too expensive for me. Raya for Brentford has been very good, and Sanchez, who is my personal favorite, Sanchez is a gem, trust me. It's his first full season at Brighton, and he started off good. 
I still believe the Real and the Manchester United defense will start picking up clean sheets, so I would suggest that guys be patient with that defensive unit. Now let's get on to the midfielders. The first must-have player I would recommend is Ben Rama for West Ham. Looks like he might have a breakthrough season. Salah also looks sharper than ever, and Mason Greenwood has started hot with two goals in two games. Mason being way more affordable than Salah though. Pogba is also in decent form after adding another assist to his four on the opening day. This would suggest that Pogba and Mason complement each other, something you must consider when selecting players from the same team. Don't select players that take points away from each other. Jota, who I also recommended, had two goals in two games. He is in great form. For Niles for West Ham looks good, assist-wise and goal-wise, looks like he can chip in on both ends. So he might be good, he's 6 mil, yeah 6 mil seems fair. Bruno had a quiet week and had a yellow card, which is a 1 point deduction, but I expect him to get back to his point scoring ways this weekend, especially cause he's on penalty kick duty. Mason Mount and Damari Gray are also two to keep an eye on, along with Dele Ali. They are showing a lot of promise for scoring points this season. Grealish is proven to be great value for money at 8 million. He is a reliable selection till KDB returns. Son, despite shooting blanks last week, always remains a reliable point scorer, even when Kane returns. Pascal Gross is also in great form for Brighton. He's chipping in with assists and he's their chief set piece taker. Mane got a goal last week, but I still wouldn't recommend him. His value actually dropped by 100k, so Mane is a big no no. He scored a goal but his value still dropped, which means he's not doing enough to live up to his value. So wait, let his price drop a bit unless he starts unless he scores next week, then yeah. It won't really continue dropping, but right now, money is not a good selection. I probably ain't gotta say it, but for now, avoid everything Arsenal. Especially in defense. Let me just say in defense, avoid everything Arsenal and any players from teams that are not putting out a consistent lineup. Because Arsenal right now, you don't know if Lacazette's going to play, if Martinelli's going to play, if Saka's going to play. It's wild. Looks like Arteta's been trying to build up their fitness. I don't know the logic behind all that. That's what preseason is for. But maybe it'll work for them in the long run. Now for the strikers. The most informed striker right now is Mikel Antonio. The man is a cheat code when it comes to Fantasy Premier League. I said it last week. I don't know how he missed a penalty. I don't know how he missed a penalty, which is a four point deduction, and still had the most points by a striker. Antonio was unplayable against Leicester. That was forward play of the highest level. But I honestly don't expect him to maintain it. Danny Ings and Calvert Lowen both have two goals in two games. They're in great form, but also consistent. So don't be too worried if they don't score for a game or two. Other informed strikers are Neil Marpe for Brighton. He is real good. I actually forgot to throw him in my recommendations last week. Neil Marpe. Neil Marpe, he's maturing. He might actually also have a breakthrough season. Richarlison also looks to be linking up really well with Calvin Lewin. So I see big things from him this season as well. Yeah, he's going to score you a couple of points. Definitely. Lukaku, I expect him to continue his form. He started off with a bang and I expect him to just keep doing what he does, what he's been doing his whole career. Jesus as well is in good form and he looks set to get more game time if City don't sign another striker. So look out for that one. 
Oh yeah, just on City, I gotta ask, where is Foden? Where is Foden? A year ago, there was a lot of gas over Foden, Saka, and I was a bit surprised that people had forgotten that Greenwood had more numbers than all of them. Greenwood definitely is the top young English talent, and for me, Foden is Foden 22 yet or past 22? Because for me, if you're past 21, you, you can't really now be can't consider you like a kid or we can't put you with the best young players you know what i'm saying because like mbappe is mbappe is a man now mbappe is a man we can't really still be looking at him as a kid or as a boy yeah that's the difference Foden is not getting enough game time at man city for me i feel like he needs a lone move he needs a lone move he's not getting enough game time and KDB isn't there. When KDB comes back, it's not going to get any easier. If they do get a striker, it's not going to get any easier. I do believe City will get a striker. They don't mess about in the transfer window. They're going to get someone. Alright, other strikers to keep an eye on if you need a cheaper option are Bamford. He's been great for Leeds for over a year now, ever since they started. What's crazy is their first game of the season back, last season after getting promoted, Bamford started on the bench. The guy who started, I can't even remember his name now, but he got injured. Bamford came in and won them the game, and the rest is history. Bamford has been putting in work ever since. Also, another cheap option I'll suggest is Cavani. I expect him to replace Martial in the lineup, but once again, you never know with Ole. But I do expect Cavani to come back in. Let's get into some forgotten marksmen. Jamie Vardy. I expect him to return to form after misfiring last week. Vardy never really goes more than two weeks without scoring. So he's also one you never have to worry about. Just that he's a more expensive option at 10 mil. That goes for Lacazette and Aubameyang. It could be a surprise package this week. I wouldn't be opposed to gambling on Aubameyang. I expect him to start after his midweek hat-trick in the Carabao Cup. That's pretty much it for strikers. Kane is still un unavailable. So the Golden Boot race hasn't really started. Now let's get into some light previews of this upcoming weekend's action. It's going to be a big weekend. Big smoke on Saturday. Big smoke. We got big smoke on Saturday. First up, Saturday lunchtime kickoff at the Etihad Stadium. Manchester City are going to host Arsenal. I'm hoping the Gunners actually put up a fight this week. And City squad... I hope the Gunners actually put up a fight this week. Because City squad is still coming together. With KDB still out and their hunt for another striker. City will probably take it. But hopefully Aubameyang starts and can help Arsenal out. Maybe if Aubameyang starts, they can nick a draw. But I'm not holding my breath. Second up. Aston Villa will host newly promoted side Brentford at Villa Park and I expect the villains to take the dub. Around the same time on Saturday, Brighton will host Everton at the Amex. Both teams are in good form with two wins from their first two games. Something's gotta give. I expect a good game and second win for Everton this season. Still on Saturday, Newcastle will host Southampton at St. James's Park and I expect them to fall to the Saints. Steve Bruce is in really big trouble. Meanwhile, the Foxes will visit Norwich at Carroll Road and I expect them to bounce back from last week's disappointment and beatdown. Norwich have shown no fight so far this season and look set for another Premier League relegation. 
Up to the London Stadium, West Ham will host Crystal Palace and I expect them to continue their form by claiming a third win of the season and compounding Palace to a second loss of the season. Palace looks set for another relegation scrap and I don't think they'll survive and I doubt they have enough to survive. The final game on Saturday is a big one. At Anfield, Klopp versus Tuchel, Liverpool versus Chelsea and I'm pumped for this one. Both teams have maintained a 100% record throughout their first two games so I expect a good game and a Chelsea win. Lukaku will be the difference. That was all for Saturday. Now let's get into our Sunday games. Burnley will host Leeds at Turf Moor. Both teams haven't won this season but Burnley are looking poor up front. It's hard to call this one. I see a draw or Leeds win. Second last game of the weekend. Spurs will host newly promoted Watford. I doubt Kane will start. Maybe I doubt Kane will start. Maybe they'll bring him off the bench for being a naughty boy these past few games. But I expect Spurs to continue with their form and take a third successive win. Whether or not Kane starts or plays. Finally, our final game of the weekend takes us to the Marlin New Stadium. Where Manchester United will visit Wolves in an attempt to return to winning ways. And set a new record for the number of away games unbeaten in the Premier League. I hope Sancho starts. But either way, I expect Manchester United to walk away with the win. It's going to be an awesome weekend of football in the Premier League. We've got two main events on Saturday. Big Smoke Saturday. And I can't wait to watch and review all the games. Keep an eye on the transfer news because it's about to turn up. I'll definitely be back after deadline day to speak on that. Keep an eye on transfer news because it's about to turn up. It's finna be lit. I'll definitely be back after deadline day to speak on that. Personally, I feel like football fans should be excited at the potential of Ronaldo and Messi linking up. Yes, it's a long shot, but I hope Mbappe gets his wish to join Real Madrid and Paris pull off the Ronaldo transfer. Maybe I'm the only one, maybe I'm the only one, but I think we all want to see that or most of us want to see that. Maybe fans who don't want to see that are probably Barca fans, yeah, maybe Real Madrid fans. And other fans who feel like you can't appreciate one without without downing the other. They just feel like you gotta choose. You gotta choose Ronaldo and Messi. It's one or the other. And that's not a choice I've ever been comfortable of making. Because there's so many variables to consider. And we all view football from different perspectives. Even if we all consume the same games. It's about how your mind works. Another thing I wanted to touch on is... Mbappe's reasons for wanting to leave PSG because obviously who wouldn't want to play with Messi and Neymar but like I said earlier Mbappe is no longer a boy if you think about it it's out of his control it's the best chance he'll probably get to move to his preferred destination and PSG must let him go this transfer window if they want to get any compensation for him that's how the stakes are right now Many people will question, oh, why doesn't he just sign an extension or whatever the story. But one thing you should have learned in this transfer window or with the Harry Kane saga is there's not much money in football right now and it'll take time for teams to recover. So if Real Madrid can scrape together 188 million right now for Mbappe, it's best PSG probably take it instead of losing out because next year he will walk for free he will not extend 
he will not tie himself to another contract knowing that PSG will not want to let him go when teams come they'll do the same thing Daniel Levy is he will drive a hard bargain and you'll make it difficult for the player to leave I'm also hearing that Mbappe is not satisfied with being the third in the pecking order at PSG behind Messi and Neymar and if he does hold Ballon d'Or ambitions staying at PSG with those two dynamos doesn't help it He's probably thinking I'll run off to Madrid, help them win the Champions League. That's an automatic Ballon d'Or for him. As opposed to if he wanted with this trio with Messi and Neymar, obviously Messi would take it. So that's what it is. He knows that there's no chance of him winning the Ballon d'Or when he's playing with Messi. That's why Neymar left Barcelona. Thing now he's realizing he can't win a Champions League without Messi so he's accepted his role Mbappe feels he ain't no psychic he wants to be the main man now before I go I just want to touch on the UEFA Champions League draw which took place on Thursday I'll just go through the groups and all the teams in each group I'll start with group H and as I work my way up you will see why group H we have Chelsea, Juventus, Zenit St. Petersburg, and Malmo. This is a pretty good group. I expect Chelsea and Juventus to go through and, um, and Zenit to make it through to Europa. Group G, we have Lille, Sevilla, FC Salzburg, and Wolfsburg. Group F, we have Villarreal, Manchester United. They are reunited after last year's Europa League final. Funny thing is, Villarreal wouldn't be in the Champions League if not for the Europa League final win against Manchester United. So definitely United have an axe to grind against Villarreal. Still with Group F, Villarreal, Manchester United, Atalanta and Young Boys. Young Boys are a Belgian side. Group E, we have Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica and Dinamo Kiev. This is a pretty strong group. I believe obviously Bayern and Barca are the favorites to make it out. Benfica to make it to Europa. Group D, we have Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk and Sheriff Tiraspol. But I doubt they'll give Inter Milan or Real Madrid any trouble. I expect both of them to make it out of their groups and Shakhtar Donetsk to make it to the Europa League. Group C, we have Sporting Lisbon, Borussia Dortmund, Ajax Amsterdam, and Besiktas. This is a pretty good group full of teams which have been in and around the Champions League for years. Sporting Lisbon, they had a great year in the Portuguese Football League last year. And Borussia Dortmund, you know they are powerhouses in Champions League. Every year they make it to the knockout pretty much. And Ajax, they are also a team which has made it to the semi-finals of the Champions League, to the final of the Europa League in recent years. They are, those are a very nice group, but I do expect a tough fight to make it out between Sporting, Dortmund and Ajax. Now let's get to Group B. Now let's get to Group B. I think we can all agree that this is the group of death. Firstly, Atletico Madrid. Secondly, Liverpool. Thirdly, Porto. And fourth, AC Milan. All big teams. All teams which are going to give us some great group stage games. I'm pretty sure of that. I really don't know which ones would make it out here. Maybe let's give it to Atleti and Liverpool. AC Milan will have to sell for the Europa League. 
And now Group A. Group A, we have Man City, PSG, RB Leipzig, and Club Bruges. This is a pretty decent group. RB Leipzig, we don't know how they'll be after losing their manager. But I think this one is pretty straightforward. Oil money all the way. Oil money all the way. I expect Man City and PSG to make it through. Wouldn't it be crazy if Man City got Ronaldo and it would be Ronaldo versus Messi in those games? That would be pretty crazy. Anyway, that was the Champions League group stage draw. That's all I got, man. It's been a great show. Thanks for joining us. Like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media. I prefer not to speak football podcast. Feel free to join into the discussions and let me know if there's anything you'd like me to speak on. This is the I Prefer Not to Speak Football podcast. My name is Charlie. Thanks for listening. If I speak about it, maybe if I speak, I have to go to the FA for a visit. Maybe I have to stay. I prefer really not to spend for a few weeks. Or maybe I have to spend some. If some I speak, money. I am in in big trouble. Of spend money with Christmas gifts. For a good life because now he goes home and he's uh, free of everything. And next Sunday he's in another match, and life goes on. For us, it's like this.